everyone, hello all, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Daily Update, keeping you abreast of all developments in our lovely underground home and haven, the community. I'm your host, Duncan Nile. First, a warm congratulations to this year's crop of school graduates, who today are leaving the school curriculum and receiving their job assignments so they may begin to serve the community. As usual, some jobs are more exciting than others, but remember, though your job may be menial, it doesn't mean it's not vitally important. I cannot stress this enough. Other good news, our always hard-working hydroponic farm team exceeded their monthly veg quota this month. Our glorious leader is therefore pleased to announce another community lottery, with next week's lucky winner taking home the extra carrot. On a personal level, I would just like to express my appreciation for the boys toiling away down in water filtration. I really felt the tap water today tasted especially free of contaminants. Next item, our glorious leader again expresses her gratitude to everyone for doing their part in preserving the human race until we can one day reclaim the surface, and continues to urge everyone to invest as much of their personal identity as possible into their day-to-day -day tasks. Of course, the biggest news of the day is the debate taking place between the leader herself and a petitioner. I'd go myself, but I'm… well, I'm not allowed to leave the booth during airtime. But before that, it's time for the Entertainment Corner. Today, some particularly interesting sounding static I came across when scanning frequencies at random the other day. I think it looks pretty good. The bow around it is a nice touch. Yeah, sure. What? This isn't worth the risk. We just made a cupcake, we'll be fine. It's against the rules. The community is a big place. Nobody's going to notice some missing eggs and milk. I might. Well, it's too late. We've made the cake and Tim will be home from the school soon, so this is happening. That can't be him. Who is it? Officer Edgar Blaine from the Department of the Maintenance of Order. Please come to the door. Shit, they found out. No, they didn't. They can't have that, would they? Please come to the door, now. Be right there. Why else would he be here? I don't know. I don't know. Just get all this stuff out of here. Hurry. I'm going. I'm going. Hello, officer. What can we do for you? Is this the residence of Linda and Barnes Chazik? Yes, yes. That's us. Good. May I come in? Thank you. There's been some disturbing reports sent into the department. Reports of illicit activities. What kind of activities? You've been accused of attempting to organise a surprise birthday party for your eight-year-old son. Hello? Oh, I thought I heard someone. What's, uh, what's who's... what's going on? Someone's been spreading lies about us, Barnes. What? Apparently we're trying to organise a birthday party for Tim. A birthday... that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Ridiculous, officer. You know, I didn't even realise it was Tim's birthday today. It's true, he forgets every year. I am not an attentive parent. Are you finished? I take it you're denying the accusation then? Absolutely. Then perhaps you'd like to explain this? 
What's that? An inventory of the food products for this section of the community. And wouldn't you know it, it's come up a bit short. We are missing a can of powdered milk, a sack of flour, and a carton of frozen eggs. Now, call me crazy, but aren't those the ingredients for a cake? It could be. Doesn't mean we were involved. I suppose it doesn't. This, on the other hand, ooh, this is lovely material. You had one job, Barnes. Seems like it would make a rather nice bow. Perhaps one you'd tie around a present. Where did you get this? Alright, fine. I'll tell you where, because there's only one possible place. You got this from the community stockpile of party decorations. And the leader didn't put the two of you in charge of organising any official celebrations. So, the only possible conclusion that can be drawn is that you took this to organise a private and clandestine celebration of your own. Okay, look. Shut up, Barnes. Let the man speak, Mrs Chazik. You think I'd come here if I wasn't sure? You think I can't smell the cake in the other room? Well, I can. And you know what it smells like? It smells like guilt. Delicious guilt. All right, fine. Yes, we did it. Barnes! Don't chide him, Mrs Chazik. He's right to confess. We were just trying to do something nice for our boy on his birthday. Is that so bad? It is when it endangers the community's survival. Oh, please, we made one cake. One cake? What if everyone thought like you? What if everyone just took things because they thought it'd be nice for their boy or their mother or whoever? Where would that leave us? Extinct. That's ridiculous. We already have an annual collective birthday party organised for all the children in the community attended by the leader herself. What makes your son so special that he needs another one of his own? You call that a party. The children sit in a giant circle, the leader pats every child on the head once and then everyone goes home. I'm not saying my son is entitled to more. I'm saying everyone is entitled to more. What is the point of life if we don't take the time to enjoy it every once in a while? It is not your purpose to enjoy life. It is your purpose to ensure the community's survival that we may one day reclaim the surface. A few moments of childhood joy every now and then won't get in the way of that. What a short-sighted thing to say. Short-sighted? You think you're doing right by your boy, but what you're really doing is setting up an expectation. By providing him with such an extreme moment of joy so early on, you're only giving him something to contrast the rest of his life against. A happy child makes for a miserable adult. I, on the other hand, enjoyed the more appropriately austere birthday parties the leader threw, and look at me. I'm happy. I don't even know how to respond to that. Uh, In agreement, surely. What? Officer... What's the standard punishment for this crime? Given that you also lied about it, the standard punishment would be to move the two of you to sewer duty for the rest of your lives. Okay, okay, that's fair. That would be fair. But see, we didn't realise the all, well, everything you just said, with the contrast, it was beautifully put. We should have written it down. Uh, Tell you what, we'll just cancel the whole thing till we'll be none the wiser. Maybe you can take the cake for yourself. Are you trying to bribe an officer? Oh, we throw it away. That works too. I'll have a talk with Linda. She works at the school, you see. So she has a connection with the kids that makes her lose sight of the community's priorities. You know the effect children have on people. Stop speaking for me. I haven't lost sight of anything. Can we get a minute? What are you doing? Saving our asses. 
Do you want to end up working in the sewers for the rest of your life? This is more important. Is it? What about the children at the school? You're happy to drop them for the sake of one birthday party. I will not let him bully us like this. I know this was important to you, but we lost. We got caught. It's over. The best thing you can do now is keep working at the school and do what good you can from there. This is no way to live. It's the only way we have. Linda, please. Just get him out of here. Thank you. Everything's all right now. (laughs) It's all cancelled. We're very sorry for the trouble we caused. We didn't realise how much harm we were causing by baking that cupcake. We, We really were just trying to do the right thing. I know it's asking a lot, but is there any chance you could let this slide? Mm, I really shouldn't. Please. I'm just an electrician. But don't upset the children by taking their favourite teacher away from them. I'll be keeping my eye on you for a while. Of course. Bring me the cake. Yes, yes, yes. Are you really happy? I hope so. Wasn't that fascinating? If you listen really closely, you can hear a regular click every five seconds or so. When I first discovered it, I thought it might be some kind of signal, perhaps from a group of survivors on the surface. But no, it wasn't. We're definitely... definitely alone. Are you Paul? Yeah. Hi. (laughs) My name's Jim. I've been transferred to this work assignment. I was told to report to you. Did you say Jim? Yeah. All right. I'll tell you what we do here. Right. See that? Mm. That's a computer. It contains the sum total of all human knowledge, or at least as much as could be fit onto it. Wow. Yeah. Art, science, philosophy, history, everything. And if something happens to it, that's it. It's gone forever. So it's very important that we keep it safe. So we have access to all this information? (laughs) No. The data's programmed to remain inaccessible until the surface becomes habitable again and the community can reclaim it. Hmm. So what do we do? We sit here and keep an eye on it. That's it? Yeah. (laughs) Is this really all we do? Yeah. For the rest of our lives? Yeah. Fuck! And now it's time for today's big event. The great leader herself is about to engage in open debate, following a petition that recently made the rounds and received over 200 signatures. How gracious our leader is to allow us to question her judgment in order to give us the opportunity to be told why we were wrong to do so. We now go live to the debate room. 
This debate is hereby called into session. The parties to the debate are as follows. The great leader herself, elected by the people, with the people, for the people, and no one else. Thank you. Thank you all. Versus Edith McGrathy, the head of the panel for the preservation of ethics. Thank you. The subject of today's debate, population control. I will be mediating and taking notes. We will begin with a statement from the head of the panel for the preservation of ethics. Fellow community members, we have an urgent ethical dilemma on our hands, one which we must address if we wish to continue calling ourselves moral human beings. <laughs> our current method of population control is excessively cruel. Oh, please. It is a practice that would have been unacceptable in pre-community society, and it's one that should not be acceptable today. There have already been severe repercussions throughout the community as a result of it. Very dramatically put. Well done. Jerry, can she do that? What's that? Isn't it against the rules to speak out during opening statements? It is against the rules, but as the leader, she can choose to supersede. Please continue. <clears throat> The panel for the preservation of ethics is demanding that we Let me we stop you right there. The council and I understand that our policy on population control is not our most popular one, but the cold, hard truth we must face is that the community can only sustain so large a population. We simply cannot allow anybody to live past the age of 60. The panel doesn't dispute that. We take issue with the method. What's wrong with the method? It has a 100% success rate. Again, that's not the problem. The whole process is barbaric. This debate isn't going to go anywhere if we start engaging in hyperbole. Hyperbole? Allow me to read out our three-step method in dealing with our 60-year-olds because I believe it speaks for itself. Step one, collect the subject from his or her home. Step two, lock the subject in an isolated chamber. Step three, come back seven days later and clean up the mess. What's your point? Which one of those steps do you consider the immoral one? The last one. Cleaning up the mess? Well, you'd rather just leave them there. That would be undignified, not to mention unsanitary. I mean the part where we leave them to starve to death. That part is not mentioned in any of the three steps. You see... That's what makes our method so clever. We take no part in causing their death, which means we are not responsible for it. And everyone in the community can feel good about that. No, no, they cannot. We, we become responsible when we lock those people away. That's your interpretation. All we know is one day they're alive and then seven days later they're not. Whatever happens in those intervening days is not our concern. We're just happy it keeps working out in our favour. You're dodging responsibility. Precisely. And if we all agree to do so, who's to say that's wrong? If we all agree not to blame each other for what happens to them when we lock them in that room, we are quite literally blameless. Ego, we're doing nothing wrong. It doesn't matter if we accept responsibility or not. What we're doing is still highly immoral. Is it? Can something be immoral if no one considers it to be so? I would argue we were all acting very morally until you came along and suggested we weren't. Actually, if you think about it, you're the immoral one because you're making the rest of us immoral. You're corrupting the community. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> 
I... What? I don't... No, I am not corrupting the community. And I'm not the only one who condemns this method. I have over 200 signatures to prove it. <sighs> the three-step method is the most cost-efficient way of going about doing this. We don't have the resources to commit to an alternative method. What we do have is vast amounts of storage space, and we're making highly innovative use of them. Do you realise the effect this is having on the morale of the community? 59-year-olds would rather take their own lives before their 60th birthday than go through the ordeal of being starved to death. Children are coming home and being traumatised to find their grandparents' bodies in the middle of their living unit. So you're saying we should get them at 58? No! What, what if we got the 59-year-olds to give us advance warning of when they're going to kill themselves? We can take away the bodies before the grandchildren find them. And there, problem solved. This isn't about the children. You don't care about the children? What? Of, of course I... It is interesting that you accuse me of callous disregard for my people when you're blatantly guilty of the same thing. And the children at that. This is not the subject of the debate. Tell her. I'm afraid I must agree with her, great leader. The rules require you to stick to the subject. Of course, feel free to ignore that. What kind of mediator are you? You're useless. Uh, hey, come on now. Don't talk to Jerry like that. He's trying very hard. I really am. I know, Jerry. I'm doing my best. You are, and I appreciate your effort. Thank you, great leader. Can we please get back on topic? Yes, let's. I believe we were discussing Edith's burning hatred of children. No, we were not. You can keep trying to turn this around on me, but the people have spoken on the matter and the law book states you must make a change. The law book only requires that I engage in open debate. Perhaps. But what will the people think when they see that their voices are not being heard? The people are firmly behind me, Edith. I don't know. The very fact this debate is happening proves they have doubts. Do you think they'll keep following their great leader if they know that she doesn't care about what they think? Would they allow her to remain in power? I never said I was ignoring the wishes of the people. In fact, I have the R&D department working on ways of improving the method as we speak. You said we didn't have any resources to commit to an alternative method. Did I? You did. I don't think that's true. It certainly is. Jerry, can you find the part where she said that? Yes, of course. Let me find it. It should be right... Um, What's the problem? I, 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 uh, I can't read my handwriting. What? I'm sorry. How incompetent are you? Hey, this isn't easy. You guys speak really, really quickly, so I have to scribble to keep up, and sometimes I'll miss something you say, and then I panic. Do you know how difficult it is to write and listen at the same time? It's all right, Jerry. I think you're doing very well for your first time. Would I have picked you for the job if I didn't think you could do it? No. She's just giving you a hard time because this debate isn't going the way she thought. She came in here expecting to make me look bad, only to realise I've already started fixing the problem she's put forward. As if the great leader wasn't listening to her people's woes. When can we expect this solution then, oh great leader? Soon. Very soon. In fact, I'm on my way to the R&D department right now to see what they've cooked up. I'd like to thank everybody who came to today's debate. I'm glad to see everyone being so involved in important community affairs. Off I go then.
did she just decide to walk out of a debate like that? Wow-wee! What oratory and rhetorical prowess our great leader displayed. What we just witnessed was nothing short of a verbal carpet bombing. Edith McGrathy's moral position has just been more thoroughly obliterated than our planet's surface, and if I were her, I would think twice before engaging our leader so publicly again. Which actually brings us to the end of today's show. One last small update regarding the recent power outages. Don't worry about them. We know they're getting more frequent. Everything's fine. That's it from the Daily Update. I'm Duncan Nile. See you tomorrow. Fucking hell, this is so boring. I, I can't... I can't keep looking at this computer. It's better than being dead. Is it? The Community was written and directed by Gael van den Bosch. Produced by Florian Bohr. Starring Charlotte Bloomsbury. Christy Petto, David Fenn, Gael van den Bosch, Georgie Jones, Michael Parker, Peter Rugman, Philippa Carson, Ross Virgo, William Seabag Montefiore, <laughs> <laughs>